we're about to get started. So obviously in here we're going to look at the prayer workshop tonight. So if you were expecting it was going to be something else, then you probably need to go check with Josh. Um, so if you're in here, we're doing prayer. Um, what I might do is be really annoying and ask you to just move a little bit closer for me. That would help me a little bit and I appreciate that. Try and make it a little bit more intimate. Alrighty, so John's just handing out some uh, some handouts there. All good. Alrighty, um, well, let's get started. We'll um, grab your Bibles and we'll turn to Luke chapter eleven. Luke chapter eleven. And we'll just read one verse here and then we'll, we'll have a look at some points on prayer tonight. So Luke chapter 11 and I'll just look at verse number 1. And the Bible says this, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So obviously tonight we're just going to look hopefully briefly just that a couple of points of what we need to be aware of when we come to this aspect of prayer it's a very important aspect of our lives um, and there is a lot in it there is a lot detailed in in prayer we can probably overlook some of these things sometimes so I'll just start with a word of prayer to get started and then we'll jump into it so if you bow your heads we'll just have a word of prayer Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you once again for this evening. Thank you, Lord, for the, the people that are gathered here tonight. Uh, we do pray that each of these uh, workshops will be helpful, will be profitable. Lord God, we ask that they would be uh, glorifying and edifying. And uh, we just ask that you would uh, help us as a body uh, to learn from one another. And Lord, in here tonight, I ask that you would help us to learn from your word, uh, learn more about prayer, Lord God, and uh, help us to be more effective in our prayer when it comes to our prayer time, Lord God. Uh, so we thank you for these things. We ask your blessing upon this time now. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, one of the common questions that's asked, especially by new believers, um, is, you know, how to pray. How do I pray? And I remember when I was first, first coming here to this church, I had not really uh, spent much time in prayer. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's a common question that people have. But... I guess the simple truth about prayer is that it is hard work. Um, it doesn't come naturally to us. Anything spiritual does not come naturally. But prayer is hard work. Uh, and there's no magic, um, you know, there's no magic wand you can wave and just have, have your prayer life all sorted. You actually have to put the work into it. Um, you know, it's, and even having your prayers answered, when you actually do pray, it is hard work to get all that done and, and to do it the way that God wants us to, to do it. Um, so there, there is ingredients, obviously, in prayer, such as faith, um, but we need to avoid the biggest mistake about prayer, which is concluding that answered prayer is all about us and making prayer all about us. Um, that's, that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions is um, when I pray to God, it's all about me and it's all about what I get and all about what I want. Um, so we need to... We need to be, be aware that, you know, we don't go down that path. Um, and even in how we pray, we can, we can get caught up. And I guess even a lot of new believers 
uh, can get caught up in, did I say the right words? Did I say it the right way? Uh, did, I, did I fast long enough? Like, all, all these kind of things can come. Uh, did I pray long enough? You know, did I use the right words in, in my prayer? Um, but if we're focusing on that, then when our, our prayers don't get answered, we're probably going to get discouraged thinking, oh, I didn't do it the way I was supposed to do, or it's all because of me. It's because of how I approached that prayer. Um, so we just need to, to clear that up, that um, prayer is not all about us. And that's, that's what we're going to have a look at, at tonight, okay? So um, with these truths in mind, we want to learn how to pray more effectively. So we looked in uh, verse number one there, and it's Jesus' disciples asking, how do we pray? So your first point on your notes there is purpose in prayer. We need to, have a, we need to understand the purpose in prayer. And prayer ultimately is asking God. It's, it's, it's communing with God. It's having a conversation with God. Um, and prayer is getting God's view on a matter in our heart. So understanding how he sees certain things or how, what he wants to happen um, and putting that in our heart and getting that understanding in our heart, um, finding out what he wants to happen. And you've got a couple of quotes there. Prayer is not getting man's will done in heaven, but getting God's will done on earth. It is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of God's willingness. So we're not trying to uh, get God to change everything around us. We're trying to get his understanding on certain things. And that's a real important part of your prayer because it's a, it's a relational thing. It, you're communing with, with God. When you talk to, to people, you, ha, you, you have a relationship with them. It's not just, you know, tick a box, yes, so we had a conversation with that, but like... You're, you're figuring out each other's hearts and minds. And it's a little bit like that with prayer. We're getting God's view uh, on different matters and we're putting that in our heart and he's instilling that in our heart when we pray. Um, prayer is not getting about what we want. It's about getting in line with what God wants. Now, often what we want is actually not what we need. And God, who is the creator of all things and creator of us, knows exactly what we need. Um, so we need to get ourselves in line with what God wants. Um, so I said prayer is communing with God, it's hearing from God, it's talking with God and it's being shaped by God. Um, just, as a, just as you have conversations with the people around you, uh, you're listening to them. It's not always just, it shouldn't be just you talking all the time and they never have any input back. It's, it should be a two-way street. And that's what it should be like with this avenue of prayer. We have a very special avenue between us and the creator of this world. We need to be listening to what he's saying as well. And that's that communion. Um, we're working together. Not that he needs us uh, to work for him as much, but we need to listen to his heart on different matters. Okay. Um, so you've got a point there. Prayer is spiritual warfare. And uh, it really is. I mean, like I said, it doesn't come naturally uh, to us just to, to pray because we live in a, in a world where there's a realm of spiritual stuff going on around us all the time and we don't always see that. Uh, a lot of the times we don't see that. So our prayer... So we have the Word of God as, as a sword, as an attacking weapon in this spiritual battle, uh, but prayer is also the other weapon that we have. So we have those two, two weapons, prayer and the Bible, uh, for this unseen realm of uh, spiritual battle. And you can't fight a spiritual battle with physical weapons. It would be good if you could, but we don't live in that world. We don't live in, in those circumstances. So we have to fight a spiritual battle with spiritual weapons. The Word of God is a spiritual weapon, and our prayer life 
is a spiritual weapon as well. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not physically taxing. Though prayer is a spiritual thing, it doesn't mean that it doesn't physically take it out of you. And that's why I said at the start, it is hard work. When you pray and you're praying with the right attitude, the right heart, uh, for the right reasons, it actually is a physical work. It actually drains you. Uh, I know every time I'm, I'm praying with, a, you know, with the right motives, not just rattling off you know, a list of what I want, but when I'm actually considering what I'm praying about and trying to get God's heart, it, that's emotionally taxing, it's physically taxing. Uh, so though it be a spiritual thing, it is physically, uh, it, it can affect you physically. Um, so because it is a spiritual thing, therefore it is about obedience and discipline. And we have to be aware of that. It's not, it's not like a, uh, a video game machine at the shops where you get disappointed at not getting your toy or your prize for $2. Um, you, have to be, you have to be obedient to the fact that God wants us to pray, but you have to be disciplined in that as well. Um, it's not just, you know, put your money in and get your, get your results. You have to continue to come before him with the right heart, right attitudes. And we're going to talk about the heart and the attitude in a second. Um, but you got those quotes there, and I'll just read that second one out to you. Prayer is surrender. Surrender to the will of God and co- cooperation with that will. If I throw out a boat hook from the boat and catch hold of the shore and pull, do I pull the shore to me or do I pull myself to the shore? Prayer is not pulling God to my will, but the aligning of my will to the will of God. And that's a pretty good representation of what prayer is, is, is drawing ourselves to what God wants. You know, sometimes our will is not aligned with his, so we have to get his heart on a matter in certain things. Uh, so that, that must be our purpose. That's our first point. Our purpose must be that we align ourselves with God's will. Um, so your second point, our posture in prayer. Our posture in prayer. And that's kind of talking about how we approach it, um, even the, the avenues of which we approach it. Um, again, you know, we fail when we kind of overanalyze the mechanics of prayer and think too much on, you know, how should we do it, what should we say and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that being said, scriptures do speak about posture, you know, about how we approach it, probably in two, two main groups. The first group is formal, uh, and it's, it's like what we did tonight. Gather together corporately, a formal time of prayer, um, and we have our prayer nights often for our leadership conferences, missions conferences, other prayer nights uh, through the year. Um, and every week, you know, there's men and ladies gathering together in groups to pray, and that's a formal time of prayer, a formal, you know, posture, how we approach it, um, set times of prayer. You know, the hour of prayer that's mentioned in the Bible was like that. Uh, it, it was a formal occasion. Um, but it also includes your personal posture. So I guess this formal side is the set times of prayer that we, we set to achieve. So we might come here on a Wednesday night, and that's a set time. But even at home, wherever it is that you pray, whether it be daily or every second, however often you pray, if it's a set time, that's our personal posture. It's our, it's our, you know, uh, our closet of prayer. Um, so that's that's another avenue. And if you if you have a look in um, Matthew six, with me, um, Matthew six. Verse number 5 to 13, I'm not going to read the whole lot, but I just want to show you what, um, what I'm talking about here. Matthew 6, verse 
And so this is Jesus speaking about, about how we ought to pray, even in our, our, our personal time, our personal closet. Verse 5 and 6, it says, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corner of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Verse 6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now that's talking about humility. We should have humility in our prayer. Uh, we shouldn't be, you know, trying to impress everyone else out there with our long prayers or our, our great oratory skills or anything like that. Uh, we're not trying to make a show uh, when we come before the Lord in our formal time of prayer. You know, I don't, I don't sit in the middle or, you know, kneel down in the middle of the kitchen and uh, have my family watch me how I pray really eloquently or anything like that. And neither should we do that in the church anywhere. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying when you pray, make it like a prayer in secret. Make it like you, your left hand doesn't know what your right hand's doing. And that's showing humility because you're not trying to put on a show. Um, so verse 5 and 6 talk about humility. Uh, verse 7 and 8, it talks about heart. Um, he says here not to use vain repetitions. So don't just rattle off a list. In your prayer time, don't just go, yep, God, I want this, this, and this, and this, and it's just a vain repetition and continue to ask the same things and there's no heart in it. You're not showing God, what are you really seeking? What are you really desiring? Because remember we said at the start, we should be desiring what he desires. So we have some things that we want, but we have to align our, our heart with his heart and that should order our prayer and what we say and how we say it by our heart. So we should be showing our heart, communing through our heart, not just focusing on what particular words should I use. If you forget about what words you, you need to use and just focus on what, what should I be asking for, God will give you the right words to use. And you actually learn as you continue to pray, you learn through prayer, you learn how to pray. And if you pray with other people, you definitely learn how to pray as well. I know for myself... Uh, when I joined men's prayer group here many years ago, I learned how to pray and I learned how to communicate through heart and I saw that those men that were praying, they were praying through their heart. They were not just rattling off a list of things that you know, the church had put on a prayer sheet. It was coming from their heart. So Jesus is saying here, when you, when you meet for corporate prayer or when you're in your own prayer closet, communicate your heart to him. Um, verse 7 and 8 there. So, uh, And the last one there is we should communicate or we should be praying uh, with hope. Verse 9 to 13, and it, you know, very popular phrases here, but he, you know, it says, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. And then in verse 13, it talks about, you know, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So we should be praying, understanding that God has everything in control. Uh, we should be praying with that hope that, yes, I do believe that yours is the kingdom, Lord God, even if I don't understand everything around me and I'm coming to, to commune with you now, I have faith in you and I have hope that you have all, all things in control. Um, so that's our formal, formal look at prayer, um, our formal set times of prayer. And the other group is informal. Um, I'm going to just get you to turn to Nehemiah, just have a quick look here. You've probably heard it a hundred times before, but you know Nehemiah's, Nehemiah's quick prayer that he did before the king, um, it was just like an open dialogue, I guess you could say, between he and the Lord. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 2, 
And he was just expressing his heart. He was just having having a conversation with the Lord. You know, he he was before the king, um, and he was obviously sad because of the news he'd heard about the Jews and what had happened there. And uh, he told the he told the king, you know, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. And then verse four in chapter two. Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? And then Nehemiah, so I prayed to the God of heaven. And that was just a quick prayer. It didn't, he didn't have to you know, schedule that one into his diary. So we might schedule Wednesday night into our diary. Or we might schedule you know, 5.30 in the morning um, for men's prayer. Or 6 o'clock in your own bedroom for your, your prayer time. But Nehemiah didn't schedule this one in. And this is the informal side of prayer. This is the, I'm driving along to work and I'm just talking to God. This is the, I saw something on the side of the road, someone on the side of the road that needed help and I just called out to God for them. This is, I've got to make a decision right now and I don't know what to do. Lord, can you please help me? This is the informal side. And, you know, if you look at the Psalms, they really communicate a lot of this. They communicate heart and just, you know, it wasn't a scheduled, yes, now we are praying. It's just, it's just an open communication from your heart to the Lord or from the Psalmist's heart to the Lord, Nehemiah's heart to the Lord. Um, but that wasn't the only prayer, or that isn't the only prayer that we should have either. We should have those set times. We should have Wednesday night prayer. We should have our own prayer closet. But we should also be able to openly communicate with the Lord at any time as well. Um, and you can see in Nehemiah 1, chapter 1, verse 4, he did have his set time, a set time to pray. Verse 4, And it came to pass when I heard these words, heard about the Jews and what happened, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. He scheduled that one in. He knew that there was a need and so he set, a he set aside time to pray, set aside time to fast. So we can't just go, oh yeah, Nehemiah just had this open prayer life, you know, he just prayed whenever he wanted. No, he also had set times as well. So that's our posture in prayer is, is looking at the fact that there's sometimes we're corporate, sometimes it's set times, but sometimes it's just having a conversation with the Lord you know, whenever you can, whenever you want. And it should be that way. Um, and really, we shouldn't take for granted that we have this avenue of prayer. I think because prayer is talked about so much that we can fall into the trap of, of taking it for granted. But we can talk to the creator of this world. We can talk to the, 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 sal you know, the, the person who's given us salvation. It, it really is amazing. So um, we should be constantly talking to the Lord in this way. Um, okay, so just um, next point, a third point here is a pattern in prayer. Uh, we can follow, even in Scripture, a pattern of, um, I guess, areas of prayer that we can utilise, um, a model or example prayer structure. Um, so this is, I don't know if you know, but this is actually Pastor's, Pastor Lloyd's workshop. It's, it's his prayer workshop. He's just asked me to take it. Um, but he, he's given some really good points here. Um, how you can, you know, some people go, oh, I, I, could never, I could never pray for an hour, I could never pray for half an hour or 20 minutes. But this is a really good way to just structure your prayer life or your prayer time even into five-minute increments with these couple of different steps, okay? Um, so I'm just going to give you what he's got here. Um, it's called the Acts of Prayer. You may have heard it before. Um, you know, A stands for something, C stands for something, T, S, okay? So... Um, consider Philippians 4, 6, um, where it says, you know, 
In all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known unto the Lord. So it's kind of taken a little bit from that. So our first part of this, of this structure, so if you want to pray for 20 minutes, if you're struggling with how do I pray or you know, how do I structure my prayer life, this is a really good example to follow. So if you spend five minutes on each of these things, then you're at 20 minutes already. It's, it's pretty simple. Uh, but it is a discipline. You've got to discipline yourself to do it. Um, so the first part is adoration. And this involves praise, um, praising the Lord for who he is. Uh, we haven't, we're, not, we're not starting off with asking for anything yet. We're just praising the Lord for, for who he is. You can read the Psalms. Um, that's a really good area to, to focus on for that. Uh, praise God's character. Praise him for who he is. Um, and we've got here that says, Adoration is the act of rendering divine honour, esteem, and love. So it's just acknowledging, Lord, you are the giver of salvation. You are the creator of the world. Your character is like this. And you can see all that through the Psalms. You can see all that through the whole Bible. But it's just, it's confessing those things. It's saying, Lord, you are this. And just giving him the honour that is due him. Uh, and we do this first because praise puts God in his right place. See, if we started prayer with, uh, Lord, can you please help me in my job? Can you please help my, my kids do well at school? We're, already we've made it about us or we've made it about the things that, that we want. But when we start with adoration and start with praise, then we're putting God in his rightful place. He should always be first in everything. So even in our prayer time, he should be first and giving him that, that reverence and that honour that is due to him. Um, praise is unselfish, you know. We make him, we put him up, and we kind of put ourselves lower. Uh, we forget, we forget ourselves a little bit when we when we're focused on him. Uh, and this one's interesting. Psalm twenty-two, verse three: God inhabits the praises of his people. That astounds me. That that God that it says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And I, I just thought about that, and I thought, you know, when we praise him for who he is, we're we're confessing truth because we're talking about him and he is truth. And God is in that. God, God inhabits that. God is, is about truth. That's who he is. Um, so that's an awesome thing to, to consider, that he inhabits our praises. Um, so there's, some, there's a few things that we can praise God for. We can start with his adoration. We can praise him for his name. His name speaks of his character. I mean, if you just, went, if you just wrote down how many names he has and just praise him for those names, you understand a lot about his character. Um, so you can even start with that. You can praise him for his righteousness uh, and the righteousness that he's given us. Um, you can praise him for his mighty acts. Uh, don't forget that he's still the God of every mighty act that we read about in this book and every mighty act that is not written in this book. So we can praise him for the fact that he is able to do these things. Um, it's really important that we start with this. Um, we can praise him for his word. It's his word that gives us understanding of him, understanding of his character, understanding of his mighty acts, understanding of his righteousness. So we should praise him for his word. And Jesus Christ is the word of God. Praise him for who he is. Um, and as we adore God, we're listening to him and beholding him. If you've ever seen a little child um, watching their parent talk or do something, maybe it's a dad working on a car or something and just talking to their child, and the child's just sitting there and just in awe, and learning from their father or, or you know, just, just soaking it all up and just beholding them and, and, and you know, not, not even that they have to even say anything, but they're just communicating even through heart, soaking all that up. And that's what we should be with God. Um, so you can even, when you pray, have the Psalms open. 
and I've done that many times, have the Psalms open, read a little bit of the Psalm and, and, and thank God for who he is in what you read. I mean, what better way to, what better words to use in the word of God when we, when we pray to the Lord? So that's the first one, adoration. The second one uh, is a really important one, is, is confession. Confession. So Psalm 66, 18, you have there on your notes, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You know, if we're keeping a special place for sin in our heart, it really does affect our prayers. Um, you know, if, if, I, if I treated my wife really badly um, and, and that's iniquity and that's sin, God's probably not going to hear my prayers that I have, no matter how great they are, no matter how much I've adored him first. If, I've got, if, I'm, if I'm keeping that special place for sin in my heart, he says, I'm not going to hear you. Um, so confession is a really important part of our prayer time. Um, and it says on your notes, before we pray for a change of circumstances, we should pray for change in character. And that's true. I mean, the amount of times that, you know, we, we see something that we want changed around us but then realise God actually wants us to, to be the one that changes and helps us to handle the thing that is around us, help, helps us to handle the circumstance. So this evolves, involves aligning with God and seeking God to change our character. So we praise him for his character and then we confess, you know what, uh, my character needs changing. So God, can you please do that? And, and you, we start confessing our faults to him. We confess our sin to him. Um, and confessing really, it's admitting our guilt and it's agreeing with God. When we confess, we are actually agreeing God, yes, your standard is high and I have broken that standard and you're agreeing with that. Um, you know, we're, we're agreeing that we are unclean and, and we need to be cleansed by him. So it starts with, with admittance, but it doesn't stop there. That's not all of it. So we need to admit that, okay, there is this, there is this sin or iniquity that's, you know, hindering my prayer life, but it's not just about admitting it. You've got to keep going on from there. So you've got to confess that. But then it's actually about asking the Lord to, to, to change your character and to have more like a Christ-like character. Because it's no good if we come before God and we say, oh, yes, God, I've, I've sinned against you and I know my character needs changing. Hey, can I please have this and this and this and this? But we actually need to seek for a more Christ-like character even through our prayer. Okay? So uh, turn to Psalm 51. We'll have a look at David's, David's prayer here which is very well known, um, but it's a, it's a very good example of confession for us as well. Psalm 51. Uh, confession is essential to God hearing us. Um, you know, if my, if my daughter disobeys me ten times in a row and then comes to me and says, hey, Dad, can I go to so-and-so's house for a sleepover? I'm, I'm not really going to be listening to what she's asking for. I'm going to be going, um, you need to sort out all this disobedience that you've just been showing me. Um, you, you're regarding that iniquity in your heart. You need to, you need to sort that out first. Um, so confession is essential for God to hear our prayers. So Psalm 51 gives us a great pattern of how to confess. Um, just look in verse uh, 3 and 4. Um, sorry, it might help if I was on the right page. Verse 3 and 4, and this is David saying, For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. So David 
like we said, he's admitting his wrongdoing. He's going, yes, I agree, Lord, that what I've done is against you. He's, he's confessing that. He's, he's agreeing with that. Um, but it doesn't stop there. It continues on. And this is a really good pattern um, for confession. Secondly, in verse 10, he cries out for holiness. Just look at the first part. He says, create in me a clean heart. He's asking God to change his heart. He's asking God to say, uh, he's asking God for a change in his heart because everything happens in the heart. All our sin comes from that. <laughs> Whether it, it starts there or starts in our mind, and it comes from there. So he's asking for, for holiness, to be holy like God is holy. And in the second half of that verse, verse 10, uh, he asks for a change in attitude. Look, He says, and renew a right spirit within me. So he's asking for, Lord, help me to do, not only do the right thing, but do the right thing the right way. And do it with the right attitude. Because everyone knows that we can be obedient but have a bad attitude. Um, and, that, and this is what David's saying. He's acknowledging that it's not just about doing the right thing, it's about doing it the right way. So when we come before the Lord in, in, in this part of confession through our prayer, Lord, I acknowledge that I've done this wrong and it's against you, but help me to do it the right way. Help me to, help me to you know, get that right and to end up doing it the right way for your glory because you care about these things. Not just so I can say, yeah, I've done the right thing, but because I want it to come from my heart to do the right thing the right way. Um, and fourth, David confessed his need for divine guidance in, in verse 11. The first part there, he says, cast me not away from thy presence. So he's saying, Lord, I need you to help me even understand this world, even understand the circumstances that I'm going to be praying about. Um, he confessed his need that he needed, he needed God to help him with these things. Uh, and, the, and lastly, verse 11, uh, he says, Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Uh, what he's asking for is a, like a divine power, a divine unction. He's saying, I need your Holy Spirit. I need God's power to get all these things right, to understand the circumstances around me, to understand what I'm going through, um, to even understand myself. And, and uh, I need your power, Lord, to help me with these things. So this is all under confession. So we've, we've, we've started with adoring God for who he is, thanking him for who he is, and then we go into confession of, you know what, there's some things that are stopping God from hearing my prayer so I need to admit those things, but I need to ask God to help me to change my attitude and change my spirit and to do it the right way and, and admit that I need your help, Lord. Because uh, when we admit that, then we've pushed ourselves way down and we're putting him up in his right place, that he is the one who can give us guidance. Um, and we haven't even asked for anything yet. <laughs> we haven't even come to the point of asking, Lord, can you please help this? We're just admitting that I need help first. And then we can, we can move into that. So the third part um, of the Acts of Prayer is thanksgiving. And uh, this is a really good one. Um, you know, you can go through the Psalms. You can sing Psalms. You can read Psalms. I mean, we sing Psalms here. There's a lot of songs coming from the Psalms. Um, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. You know, count your blessings. Just list them off. I mean... No one should be able, no one has the right to say, oh, I don't have enough to thank God for. There's millions and millions of things that we can thank God for. So just start thanking him. Uh, generate a thankful heart. Generate a thankful spirit. And I'm saying this to the, the teenagers all the time. Just be thankful. Just, just be like a thanking machine. Just thank your mum, your dad for everything. Just thank you, thank you. Generate that thankful heart. 
And there's so many things that we can be thankful for. Um, thanksgiving is the confession of blessing. So we've confessed before that we have sinned, but thanksgiving is confessing, you know what, I am blessed. God, you have given me this. You have done this for me. And you've got three general areas that you can thank the Lord for. You can thank him for spiritual blessings. And th- this, these verses here you've got there, Psalm 103, uh, spiritual blessings, he talks about the forgiveness of, th- of sin. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving my sin. I mean, we can do that every day. <laughs> we should do that every day. Uh, physical blessings, so our health, healing of diseases and sickness. That's what that verse there talks about. Thank him for the health you have. Don't complain about the health you don't have. We can be thankful for what we do have. Um, material blessings, confess, you know, Lord, you have given me everything that I have. You've given me the job that I have. You've given me the luxuries that I have. You've given me so many things. And that verse there talks about, you know, you've satisfied my mouth with good things. Uh, You've redeemed my life from destruction. Um, So there's many things we can be thankful for. And like we've got written here, in three different times, past, present and future, we can thank him for blessings that have already been. Uh, We can thank thank him for blessings that are now and the stuff that we don't even know about yet because we know that the Lord is going to bless us. He's faithful in that. Um, So we can thank him for these things. Uh, Thank him for answering prayer as well. Um, and then the next point is our supplication. So this is when we actually get into asking in prayer. So we haven't done any asking yet but until we get to supplication. And this is where we should intercede for others and then we ask for things for ourselves. And I think, we should, I think you should always ask for others first. Um, I think that just follows the Lord's heart. You know, he, did, he did everything for us. He didn't do it for himself. He did it for us. So we should, uh, we should make petitions for others. Uh, and we've got here that we should use scriptural claims. We should ask God to give more labourers, and that's thinking about others, asking the Lord to save more people, give more people to, to the work of the Lord, and that's in line with his will. Um, opening doors for workers, opportunities, um, and bless them as a result of their work, and asking God to provide finances to expand the work. And so all this is asking for the sake of others first. Um, so when we come to actually asking, you know, Lord, can you help with this thing? Or Lord, can you help this person? You just got four points here, your keys to petition. So when you come to asking, these four things will help. Be specific. If you want God to answer specifically, then we should be asking specifically. If, you know, don't just say, Lord, can you please bless that person? Find out what they need. Be specific in the prayer. If they're looking for a job, Lord, can you please cause them to see where they need to look for a job? Can you please give them eyes to see opportunities? Whatever it is, um, be specific in your prayer. Um, be complete. Don't, don't be shy about it. We're, you know, the Lord is our Father. He's our Heavenly Father. My, my kids don't come to me and go, you know, oh, Dad, can I please maybe kind of have some dinner tonight? Like, they don't do that. And we shouldn't be like that with, with God either. We should, be, we should be complete in our prayer. We should be, you know, bold in our prayer. Uh, not arrogant, but just bold that we are his children and he's asked us to ask for things. So be complete in what we ask. Um, be sincere. Take the time to think of needs that other people might have. If you're asking for someone else or even for yourself, don't rush it. Don't go, oh, i just got to get all this prayer out. <laughs> be, be sincere in, in your prayers. You know, take that time. And uh, the last one is be simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Um, God already knows what you're going to ask before you ask it. Um, so 
He knows your heart. Just be simple about it. You don't have to think, what's the best... What's, you, know, you look up your thesaurus, what's the best word I can use? For it? You don't have to do that. Like The Lord knows your heart. He knows what you want and he, he knows his will. We just align ourselves with his will. Just be simple about it. Just, just don't overcomplicate it. Uh, and lastly, I know we're running out of time, um, our preparation in prayer is really important too. Um, so to, to follow this pattern of the acts of prayer, your adoration, confession, thanksgiving and supplication, um, it, it, it does involve preparation. And the first one is your person. You need to, uh, we need to prepare our heart. We need to prepare ourselves for our time of prayer, um, our discipline. We need to prepare ourselves to meet with God. You know, we need to show reverence when we come to prayer. Um, you know, we don't just call him the old fella upstairs and, you know, I'm just going to go talk to him. Prepare yourself. Like, remember that we are talking to the creator of this world. Okay? We need to prepare our heart for that. Um, prepare your practicalities, which means your schedule. So look at when, when you can pray, allocating time for it. Um, you know, and things that don't get planned is probably the things that you're not going to end up doing. Uh, so allocate some time for it and choose the times that are best for you. Because I know that over the years of being a Christian that I've gone from you know praying in the mornings and then I've gone to praying at night, depending on my schedule, my work schedule, all that kind of stuff. What works for you is probably going to be different to what works for me. So find out what your schedule is and schedule that in. Don't, don't live your week in the, oh, I'll try and slot it in wherever I have a free moment because it's probably not going to happen. You probably won't have a free moment, or if you do, you might just fill it with something else. Um, so, so choose the times that are going to work best for you. And uh, pre- preparation in your prayers themselves. And what do I mean by that? I mean, you know, write a list. If you need to write a list, prepare it out. If there's certain things that you want to see happen and you want God to move in, then write those things down and be prepared in how you're actually going to, to, to pray for these things. Um, and things you can include on your list, people and things that you're praying for them. So you might have a list of people, but you might have next to that, you know, I want him to be successful in this. You know, I want this this, this for his relationship there, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, if it's salvation, that person for salvation, um, that person for healing. So write a list and, and, you know, you can write down what you want to pray for them. Uh, that way you can look back and go, you know, I did pray for all these people and I did pray all these things. Not that you can, you know say I'm the best, but if you've been prepared, then you're probably actually going to put it into action. Um, and, you know, write down truths about God. Philippians 4.8 says, you know, we should think on the things that are true and, and honest and just and, and pure and lovely. Uh, you can write those things down, kind of like the adoration, just put that into your prayer, the things that are all those things. And uh, when you do that, when you, when you confess those things during your prayer time, it, it does help defeat lies because Satan wants to fill your, your mind with lies and our heart wants to deceive us. Uh, so when we proclaim truth about God, it kind of pushes out the space that Satan can take with filling our minds with lies. So when we're saying, Lord, you are this and, and your character is this and you are forgiving and thanking him for that, it doesn't give much room for, for Satan to work in our mind and in our heart. So... Write those things down. If you're making a list of things to pray for, also make a list of things that are true about God that you can just confess to him and you can you can pray to him and thank him for. Um, and you've got an example uh, on your, I think it's on the back of your worksheet, on the back of your, your sheet there, Psalm 1, 
and just goes through the different verses and the things that are true, the things that you can confess to the Lord in your prayer time uh, that will just help you know, put him in his right place, help you with your heart and putting yourself in the right place and uh, just confessing these things. And when you do that, you're taking the focus off yourself, you're putting it on God, which then helps you to see others and their needs more clearly. Um, so you can have a look at that, just, you know, the God who does this, the God who anchors your life, the God who makes you fruitful. So you can, you can use that in your prayer time. You can pick a, pick a psalm and write out your own. Um, and lastly, just um, a, a place, you need to find a quiet place, or, you know, whatever's going to work for you. In my house, there's not a lot of quiet places in the morning, but you're going to have to find out a, a place that's going to work for you in your prayer time. And if you need to write out your prayers, write out your prayers. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, so I guess in conclusion, like anything in the Christian life, it's, it's going to have to take discipline to get this done. Uh, and it's well worth it. And when we give glory to the Lord, we're asking for the Lord to help other people, asking for the Lord to bless us. Um, it involves practice. It sounds weird, but it does involve practice. The more you pray the more you understand how to communicate with God. And when you think about a child and a parent, the more they talk and communicate, they learn more things about the parent, about communication, about what words to say and all this kind of stuff. So the more you pray, the more you'll learn. You'll learn as you go. And uh, we're supposed to pray without ceasing. So, you know, go home and, and write down a routine. Go home and slot it in your schedule. Pick a time, um, pick a place and uh, keep talking to the Lord. So start that routine and get it going. I mean, if, if we sit around and think, yeah, this is a good idea to do, but we never actually schedule it, then it probably never will get done. Um, so, and there's a couple of different materials there that, you know, pastor's suggesting for us to read, which um, pretty good stuff. So if you want to have a look at that stuff, I'm sure Jewel can probably get those in the bookstore if you want as well. Um, but I hope that that's a help. Um, I know that every time I've heard... Pastor talk about prayer, he, he, he says a lot of this stuff and it really has helped me in my prayer life, even just remembering the acts of prayer. I, I quite often do that. I quite often start with adoration and then confession and things. It, it's a really good pattern to follow. Um, so hopefully that's a blessing and a help and um, we're done. So I might just close in a word of prayer and then we can be dismissed. All right, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you once again. Uh, for this evening. Thank you for your goodness, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for the avenue of prayer uh, that you have opened that up for us, Lord, and help us, helped us to uh, understand you, communicate with you, learn from you, and uh, to glean your heart and your will, Lord God. Uh, I pray for each one of us tonight and each one in this church, Lord, to, to grow in our prayer life um, and to make it a priority, Lord God. And Lord, we pray that you would give us strength to continue to be disciplined in this area. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the, the many blessings you've given. Thank you, Lord, that you do answer our prayer. Uh, even when it's not the answer that we want, you still do answer, Lord God. Uh, so we thank you for that. I pray that this would uh, be a help to these people, Lord. And uh, we pray that you'll be glorified through our prayer life. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.